You're listening to Comedy Central. Yes, ma'am. What's your question? Um, you spoke a lot about spirituality and guiding, you know, applying spirituality. How would you use spirituality to guide um, the conversation on women's choice, abortion? I think that's <coughs> um, I think both sides. It, there's a lot of legitimacy in spirituality, but also how would you put that in the public sphere? Yeah. Well, spirituality is the path of the heart. That's all that spirituality is. When it comes to abortion, I do believe that it's a moral issue. But it is, to me, an issue of private morality. And I trust the moral decision-making and the biological choices of the American woman. I do not believe the U.S. government has any right to be making moral decisions for an individual. Up in the back. Yes. So, gun control and this conversation of mass shootings, I guess, with the media not acknowledging, I think, the other factor of white supremacy, how do you think about maybe bringing up that conversation and how it could tie into um, officers that are white killing unarmed uh, black individuals where you have white shooters that are leaving, maybe obviously not dying, and maybe self Right. So, so if, I, if I understand what you're saying, just so we're on the same page. No, no, I think I understand. But what you're saying is how, as, as a president, would you begin the conversation in and around white supremacy, its role in America's mass shootings, but also in police departments, where I think we've seen on many occasions, I mean, you saw it in, like, I think it's um, Philadelphia, where, like, many police were found to have extremely racist accounts. And we've seen police are more likely... Yes. Right. As opposed to... When an unarmed black person dies, yes. the officer is... <clears throat> right? <laughs> so these conversations are being gapped and not acknowledged in the The FBI said several years ago that they felt that the largest uh, threat of domestic terrorism in the United States was white supremacy. And I remember there being political forces on the right that squelched that conversation and didn't want to go there. Um, my comment at the debate about uh, the, the dark psychic forces, collectivized hatred. I did talk about this in both of the debates. I have been talking about it. When you put racism, bigotry, anti-Semitism, homophobia, Islamophobia, um, xenophobia together in one energy field, particularly... See, when we, we thought several years ago we had reached a point in this country, not that any intelligent observer thought we didn't have bigots, racists, etc., but we thought we had reached a point in this country where there were lines past which we would not go on both left and right, that neither Republicans nor Democrats, any serious uh, megaphone would be given to such people as those. Right. Those levies have fallen. First of all, they've fallen because of social media, and they've fallen because we have a person, namely the President of the United States, who's not above harnessing those powers for his own political purposes. This has been historically and is today one of the most dangerous things that can exist in any society, the power of collectivized hate. Now, what is happening with such shootings as this, and it has been happening among intelligent observers, is people are realizing we have a serious problem on our hands. And that is why I've talked, and I also mentioned it. Like I said, maybe the way I mentioned it was a little silly. But I said, when you have collectivized hatred, you must, you must answer it with collectivized love. When I heard Jared Kushner say that he had said to his father-in-law about three years ago, there are a lot of angry people out there, 
and we can, we can harness all that and make you president. I thought to myself, I see a lot of wonderful, loving, dignified, decent people out there. We could harness all that and change the world. So this is a multidimensional issue. On one hand, I hope that we will have laws now. There will be resistance to this. But we need to give our intelligence agencies, including law enforcement, including FBI, far more power to go in there on these websites. We, we, we have to. They have known that they're there. Just like we give them power when it comes to people. We, we have police agencies who, who know that if once you start talking about pedophilia, right, we, we give resources. We need to give more resources. But to people who are doing the sex with children thing, they know what to do. They know how to shut it down. Not enough of this has been shut down. Then we have the, the gun issues that you've been speaking about quite eloquent, eloquently. And I agree with you on all that you said. First of all, we have to realize we have a serious problem on our hands. Secondly, we have to give all the external uh, powers the power that they need to both shut it down in cybersecurity. And we also have to deal with the, the gun issues, I believe, because like you were saying in Dayton, the police were there. And what, what something, how many yeah, people died of, before? Nine, nine people did, yes. <clears throat> and we have to realize that it is up to each and every one of us. We must now become as serious behind our love as some people are serious behind their hate. There are far more lovers than there are haters. But haters in America today hate with conviction. Conviction is a force multiplier. We must love with conviction. But the love that is a convicted love is not just a personal love. It's not just a love for people like you. It's not just a love for your own children. It's also an equal love for children on the other side of town. It's love for the children on the other side of the world. We have to realize in all the ways that I'm talking about, whether it has to do with, with traumatized children, whether it has to do with, with reckless and irresponsible and even criminal acts of militarism, we must be willing to apply love rather than an amoral and leading to immoral economic principles ordering our society. The United States of America, we generation of Americans have to decide what kind of country do we want? Because we need an entirely new operating system in this country. If you're going to make money, the bottom line, money untethered to any moral or ethical principle, do not go being surprised when all this societal dysfunction arises. Anybody with any intelligent understanding of history knows that's what happens when love does not prevail. <laughs> one more from this side of the room. We'll take it from the second row. Your hand was up first. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, last question. Uh, hi. Um, so a lot of the policies that uh, you have in mind sound really great to a lot of progressives, but um, it's so politically polar polarized in this uh, country right now that it's not as easy as just saying what we're going to do. You also have to convince you know, the other half of the aisle to agree with you. So how do you plan to bridge the gap after so much tension and discourse has happened in the past <clears throat> well, I have two things to say to that. First of all, no matter who wins uh, the presidency, and of course we hope it's a Democrat, if Mitch McConnell's still head of, of the Senate, that person is going to find themselves obstructed in a lot of places. Second of all, if the consciousness of America is at a place where they would elect me president, then I think the consciousness of America might give us a whole different Senate as well. <laughs> so, I mean, think about it. Think of the kind of changes that would be happening for that to happen. So, if I'm president, so it's all about what you have. But more than that, even... My partnership is with the American people. 
None of what we're talking about is going to happen unless we, the American people, see each and every one of us as an immune cell. The, Donald Trump is, a, is an opportunistic infection that could not have gotten hold of us had there not been in a weakened societal immune system. Too many of us, through our chronic disengagement from politics, through our acquiescence to an economic system that played more to the advocacy for corporate profits than to advocacy for the people, we all, I believe, have to take responsibility for what's happened. And if we just think the same old, same old, a better version of same old, same old is going to defeat that, I obviously do not agree with that. And if we are open, as, as Abraham Lincoln said, we must disenthrall ourselves. As the case is new, we must act anew. We're Americans. We were born out of a rambunctious spirit. We said to tyranny in 1776, Hell no, we're not doing that anymore. We're doing something different. We repudiated aristocratic elitist nonsense in 1776, and it's time to do it again. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.